Hello and welcome to the second episode of the Vavil EFL podcast. The first episode, which focused on Leagues 1 and 2, has already gone up, so do check that out. But today's episode is the first of the Championship edition, with me, Adam Thomason. I'll be joined by Tom Rogers and Tom Young as we speak about all of the current talking points surrounding the Championship, as a restart to the campaign edges closer. Right, okay, so I'm now joined by Tom Rogers and Tom Young. Uh, we'll just get straight into it, basically. We're going to discuss the current situation with the Championship and the current plan to get the season going again. Um, so the Championship intend to test this week and start training on Monday. Then I work into a restart date of the 20th of June. The idea is to play five consecutive weekends and four midweek games in between. So the last league games will be around the 18th, 19th of July, followed by the playoffs. What do you guys think of that? Do you think that's the right thing to do? Do you think it can be done correctly? I think for myself, I think obviously all the leagues across across the UK and across Europe will be restarting at a similar time and finishing at a similar time. So I don't think there's a huge issue with regards to the actual dates that they've got that they've got planned for it to to restart. Obviously, all the teams will be on a level playing field in the fact that they've all had the same amount of time off. They're all going to have to play the same amount of games in the same amount of time. Obviously, there's the issue of safety, like we've seen with with the Premier League coming back, and these players are members of staff and playing staff being confirmed that they're um, COVID positive, and that's obviously going to cause an issue potentially if that comes back around with the Championship. But I don't think, in terms of having a high influx of games across a short period of time, I think that's something that the players understand they're going to have to deal with. I think it's something that's going to happen across all of the leagues, um, not only in in the UK, but but further afield, so it, it's not an ideal scenario. I think it'll have, obviously, a big impact on the quality of the football. I think it'll take a couple of weeks for, for teams to get back to the heights that they were at prior to the lockdown starting, and obviously that's not going to be great for teams who are trying to uh, battle relegation or push for those promotion places because they're, they're going to want to hit the ground running. I think it'll take them a couple of weeks to get going, but like I, like I've said earlier, I think everyone's in the same boat in terms of They've all got to do the same thing. So I think in terms of a way of restarting the league, I think it's the only the only realistic way, to be honest. I agree with Tom completely. I think he's knocked the nail right on the head. As long as everything can be done safely and securely, then I think there's no problem with how it's going to go forward. And with it finishing around the 18th, 19th July, it's getting it done quickly. And But obviously safety is the paramount here. I think all the discussion about um, different ways it could end and if you look at what's happened in League 2, I just think it would be a bit of a nightmare if they tried to do that in the Championship um, with all the clubs that would just basically sue. Because if, if, you, if you imagine them promoting the top two and doing and just having the playoffs as they are now, the amount of clubs that are like one, two, three points off the top six is ridiculous. So I think as long as it's safe to do so. Yeah, the Championship is really close. It's a really close division, so... I think it would be um, a bit unfair to do it the way they are thinking of doing it in, say, well, they were thinking of doing it in League Two, say. Definitely, yeah. I mean, I'm a Preston fan, so like we're sixth, but I, it would be very unfair, I think, on the teams just below us. Yeah. And to be fair, as you say as well, with the like, they're going to be out for what when if the, re- the season restarts, when they say it will be three months without playing. 
that's going to be interesting to see how everyone. No one's going to be the best, are they? You would no, you wouldn't have thought so. But they've got obviously they're coming back now. You think with this, they've got about three weeks to train or say. So you should hope that they should be able to get some sort of fitness levels back and some sort of sharpness. But obviously, that's it's nothing like playing a game training. So it will be interesting to see those first few tough games back that some teams have got and see how they uh, go forward. I think as well, just as much as the physical side of getting back into it, it's the mental side of coming back, knowing that you've had this extended break that as a footballer, they, none of them will be used to. I don't think anyone, no one in the world's experienced anything like this, obviously, in, in recent times. So the mental side of coming back into playing football behind closed doors and knowing that you've got this to, uh, a game of the weekend, game midweek thing going for the next five or six weeks. It's are you then able to put everything into every game? Or are you going to be holding a little bit back to make sure that you keep fit? Obviously, like I say, trying to get your head around the fact that you're playing in these empty stadiums, these big games. Teams like Leeds, who obviously have been in this position many, many seasons where they they look like they're going to go up, they look like they're going to go up, and they they haven't done. Are they going to be able to? Obviously, their fans are are a big a big boost for them. Obviously, they, they have a, a very passionate fan base. The fact that they're now going to be playing these games in front of no fans will that have a will that have an effect on them? Obviously, that that remains to be seen. But like I say, as much as the physical side of it, I think it's the mental side of kicking back off in this unfamiliar these unfamiliar surroundings. Yeah, it's a bit of a tough one because uh, obviously it's a bit like they've had their they've had their summer break now and they're coming back. But they're not coming back to start the new season. They're coming back to finish what they've already started, and then they're going to have another, say, month maybe, oh, when they go back off and do what they want to do. So I think mentally, like you say, how can they get back into that mode of right? We need to get back in, get switched on, and win I mean, these no games. No friendlies either, you know, which is something you'd usually have a, a pre-season. But someone who doesn't want the season to start again um, is Hull City. They obviously lost Bowen and Grzycki in January. They haven't won in their last 11 championship games. And the last game they did win uh, was on the 1st of January, and they're currently two points above the relegation zone. Is this a desperate attempt for Hull to stay up, do you think? I, th- I personally think so, because of their, the trouble they've had with their ownership in the past, and their owners have got that history of all about the money, etc., etc. If they go down, they as a club will probably go into free fall a little bit, especially with all the players that they've lost. But I do think it could be a desperate desperate attempt to stay up there. Obviously, like you say, you haven't won since January the 1st. They've lost Bowen, lost Grisicki, and it just doesn't look good for them going forward. Yeah, I think I'd have to agree with Tom there. I think, obviously, no team wants to, to be relegated. And we've seen with the likes of Sunderland, when, once you drop out of the Championship, how difficult it is to get back up. And I think, obviously, Hull will be trying to avoid that. But at the same time, I think it's if you look at what's happened in Scotland, obviously, with Hearts going down, uh, I think there were four points uh, adrift of safety when, when they decided that that season was, was um, going to be finished on a points-per-game basis. I think that they have to ensure that that doesn't happen in the championship because um, obviously it's it's caused a lot of legal issues potentially with Hearts who are going to uh, who are talking of, of suing and, and different things like that. But you look at obviously you say Hull are, Hull are two points ahead, but if you look at Charlton, uh, only two points adrift of Hull, and then obviously you've got Luton and Barnsley who aren't a million miles away either. I think for those three teams, if the league was um, was to be finished and they were to be relegated on a on a current points per game basis, I think that could then potentially cause a lot of 
a lot of legal issues for the Football League further down the line, which, given, obviously, there's a lot of talk about things like transfers and how, how things are going to work going forward. I think the last the, the thing that they definitely don't need at the minute is, is any more potential legal battles to be fighting. Yeah, definitely. Uh, do either of you have any predictions for when the season is back up and running? Who do you think might go up, go down, etc.? Um, I'm thinking Millwall might be able to sneak into the playoffs. Obviously, you being a Preston fan, that's not what you want. But I think it's it's very close. Also, I think my team Derby, we've picked up a bit of form right before all of this COVID-19 hit. And we, the youngsters coming through, start playing some good football under Cocky after all the problems we've had. So I thought we could have made possibly a late burst. But I think, I think Leeds and West Brom are definitely going to go up. I just can't see anybody catching either of them. I know that the gap's been shortened quite drastically over the recent weeks, or the recent last weeks of playing, but I just think them two are just, they're too good for this league right now. Yeah, I think it's an interesting one because I think it, it really does open up uh, open up the league this uh, this restart because I think it gives teams your likes of if you look even potentially as far down as QPR in 13th, they're only six points adrift of Preston. Now if there's a lot of teams obviously in between in between themselves and Preston, but any of those teams sitting on 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 or around fifty points, I think if they can come back into the into the league and uh, kick on with a bit of form, get a couple of early wins under their belt, I think it really does open it up. I mean, I, I, it seems like Brentford as well. I think obviously their front three have been have been um, incredible this season, and I think it's one of them where. You see it quite a lot. You've got that one chance at promotion, and I think if Brentford don't go up this season, I think that those players um, will start to be be pinched by other clubs, as as you see with with clubs like that. So I'd I'd like to see Brentford go up. I think they um, they would be a, a good addition to the Premier League if they keep if they keep the players that they've got. They play some very uh, very exciting football. Um, but like I say, I, I don't think you could you could rule out anyone all the way down to looking at Derby and QPR. I think this it's a very it's a very open race for those playoff spots. I do I agree with Tom in that I don't think Leeds or West Brom um, will be caught now. Obviously, they were that gap got cut back in January where it was eight points and then back to none and then it's gone back up now. But I don't think they'll be caught. But I think if you're looking at that last spot, you've got you've got a real a real fight on for that uh, for that final promotion place. Yeah, definitely. I completely agree, to be fair, that, like you said, the last promotion spot could go to anyone, really. Um, I think, as you say with Brentford, it's similar with, with Preston, that if we don't go up. And it's funny, because no one expects us to go up right, but um, as a supporter, we also see that if we don't go up, we've got um, like Ben Pearson, Ben Davis, Alan Brown, all, all some of our best players with like 12 months left of the contract. And, you know, the, the chances of us keeping those players are pretty slim, so... Yeah, it's not going to be easy, but I think that I agree with Leeds and West Brom. If I had to pick a team to go up through the playoffs, I would probably go with Brentford. Um, as for going down, I think Luton and Barnsley will go down, um, but I think I'd probably, I think I'll go with Hull to be the other one. I think Charlton will stay up. Yeah, I completely agree with that. Yeah, there's a lot, there's a lot of teams in and around down there, isn't there? There's, there's again like like these five or six teams who could be going down. Obviously, Middlesbrough have. I don't think many would have would have expected them to be in this position at the start of the season. They've they've only got. I mean, they've only got nine wins all season. Only Barnsley have got fewer. And if they don't start, I mean, they've they've got those those fourteen draws, which look like they may be what um what what essentially keep them up if they uh, if they do manage to stay up. But there's plenty of teams down there, and there's uh, there's plenty of big games to be played. So I think. 
Chat, yeah, I agree. I agree with you there, Adam. I mean, that Barnsley and Luton pr- will probably go down, but again, you, I think you'd uh, you'd be a brave man to uh, to put any money on the uh, on the final team to go down with those two. Definitely, yeah. Something happened a few weeks ago, which I thought would be interesting to talk about, is um, several championship clubs, um, Preston being one of them, have called for a transfer ban or restriction for clubs who have agreed wage deferrals with the playing staff. Um, now, when this got released, it was because Alex Neal spoke about it in an interview, and all the, like the local journalists were kind of just saying, making articles. So it was like the Leeds journalists would say, like Alex Neal calls for Leeds transfer ban, and basically he was just getting stick from every single fan. Um, but I just wanted your opinions on this. I'll just read out what he said. Um, he says, if people are taking wage cuts, then people are putting cases forward that they shouldn't be allowed to sign any other players. If they can't currently pay players, then why should they be allowed to use money that they've deferred from wages to then invest in their squad? I don't think clubs who have run their finances in a good manner should be hampered when other teams are slashing wages and then we get outbid for a player that they have bought with their money that they've deferred from another player. Now, he was getting a lot of stick for saying this. So do you think he has any kind of point? Or I completely, I do agree with him, to be fair, because it is, if you're cutting the wages of people that you've already got at the club, then how can you really afford to then use that money to bring somebody in and then pay their wages on top of the wages you're currently struggling to already spend? So I do I do agree with that. I'm not sh- really sure why he's getting a lot of stick for it. But no, I completely agree with that statement from Neil. Yeah, I think it's a, I think it's a tricky one because obviously a lot of clubs, you've seen it with, with even the likes of the Premier League clubs, the likes of Liverpool and Tottenham and Bournemouth. I know a lot of them have reverted the decision to furlough staff. But a lot of a lot of clubs have have um, have chose to to either reduce player wages, furlough staff, do things like that. I think it's a difficult one because can you? Is there a way of? Uh, I, there's a lot of talk about ethics. Ethics of the league has to be finished. This has to be done. That has to be done. Ethically, can you say to one club you can go out and buy someone in the transfer window, but you can't? Say it comes to the first couple of weeks of the new season, and let's say Leeds, for instance, have been given this transfer ban and they've got three or four players injured in the first couple of weeks, and they've not been allowed to go out and invest in the in the transfer window, and then, then that causes a whole a whole headache further down the line of, well, if we'd been allowed to invest, we could have had these players in. I think, I don't, I don't agree with anyone cutting wages. I don't think that that's, especially, I mean, further down the leagues, if you're looking at your League 1s, League 2s, and further afield, where they are in real financial difficulty. Um, but if you're looking at the Championship, you, I don't think there's many clubs really who... Who have got owners that are, are in a in a financial position that they need to be cutting wages, but if you're talking of of uh, of potentially putting or imposing transfer bans, whilst in hindsight it seems like it could be a good idea, I think potentially further down the line it could cause a lot more issues than it's uh, than it's worth to be honest. Yeah, I agree with that, especially because if you think of how many teams would then receive a transfer ban, I mean, there's quite a lot that have deferred wages. But I think obviously the point is that it's kind of temporary, isn't it? And they'll they will all get paid back. So I think that I think maybe if it was kind of permanent, he might have more of a point. But I think the clubs would just be able to get away with it because they're saying, well, you know, it's going back kind of thing. Um, so I certainly don't see any transfer bans being given. But then again, I see his point. You know, I think if you look at if if you think well, Preston are paying their wages in full, but a team like Leeds aren't. Obviously, they're they're a lot higher. They're paying the players a lot more. But at the same time, we're one of the smallest clubs in the championship, yet we're able to pay our players. But one of the last things we're going to talk about, and it's quite an interesting one, is the current conversations about FFP. Um, 
I'll come to you, Tom, because you're a Derby fan. Just to kind of explain what's going on, what do you think about this? Um, I think it's with Derby, with obviously the whole FFP around Derby and Chef Wednesday, I think both cases are completely different in their own right. Obviously, they've both sold sold the stadiums to themselves, essentially. But the way it's happened is completely different. So, with obviously, with Chef Wednesday, they've sold the stadium to the owner. But what they've done is put it in a different set of accounts from a different year in which they actually sold the stadium. Whereas Derby's put it all in the same accounts and all got checked over by the EFL and approved. Which I think makes this whole situation a bit of a tricky one, especially for the EFL. Because... If they kind of turn around now to, say, Derby and say, right, you're going to get, say, minus 12 points from the start of next season and a fine, they already signed off the deal over 12 months ago and they said everything was perfectly in order. So I just think it's a really, really tricky one for the AFL and I'm not sure how they're going to approach it and if they can really. But obviously with the threat of that Barnsley has come out with today, they say that they're going to sue the AFL if they don't press charges against Derby and Chef Wednesday then. It's just a really tough, tough situation. Yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd agree with that. I mean, it's it's again another situation that you just don't need in and amongst everything else that's going on. But at the same time, it's something that obviously does need to be looked at and can't be a can't just be brushed under the under the carpet per se. Because obviously, financial fair play is a huge thing in football, and it has been from from obviously the championship, the the football league, all the way up to to your Premier Leagues and your UEFA's. I mean, I'm a I'm a Manchester City fan, so. Uh, we've obviously got a big, a big hearing with the Court of Arbitration of Sport. Obviously, that's that's UEFA. That's a different, uh, that's a different organisation, a different, a different ballpark. But I think the hit, the outcome of that hearing, I think is going to um, is will have a big knock on effect to all these other hearings that are going on. Because if if City, which they claim to do, do got which they claim to be in the right, sorry, I should say, if they do go to the Court of Arbitration of Sport and overturn this UEFA ruling. I think financial fair play will then be looked at as a as a whole in a very different manner to uh, to what it is currently. I think it could potentially have a big knock on effect. I think maybe the the Derby and Chef uh, Chef Wednesday case. I don't think it's going to be something that's going to be to be sorted straight away. I think obviously it's a case of getting the league up and running, getting all of this sorted first, and then look at that further down the line. But then obviously Barnsley and teams like that. If Barnsley know that a twelve point deduction for for Derby or a twelve point deduction for for Chef Wednesday or, or however many points it may be potentially gives them a better chance of staying up. Then I think obviously, like you said with Hull earlier, if they're trying to uh, get the league stopped to keep themselves up, if any team can can give themselves any little advantage of of, of uh, retaining the place in the championship for next season, I think they're going to do exactly that. Yeah, exactly. And I agree with that. As you say, Barnsley, anything they can really to try and stay up, and they're basically saying that if they do go down. Um, you know they they can consider legal action against whether it's Birmingham Derby Sheffield Wednesday who they can basically argue well they should have had you know this many points deducted and that you know for example at Birmingham you could look at that and say well actually Birmingham could have gone down instead of us so it's an interesting one but I agree as well it's very tricky for the AFL to kind of sort that out so when football does return um, as fans how do you think it's going to be with it being played behind closed doors I mean the, the championship playoff final is going to be behind closed doors that's just strange isn't it yeah, I think it's a it's a funny one, isn't it? Because it's not it's not what anyone 
not what anyone wants. It's not what anyone had envisioned at the start of the season. I think if you told Leeds fans at the start of the season that this is the year you're finally going to do it, you're finally going to go up after all those near misses, and then you told them, well, as a matter of fact, you're not going to be in the stadium to see your team lift the trophy, I think uh, I, I think they they wouldn't have been best pleased. But at the end of the day, the the, fo- the football's got to be finished. I think for. It's already going to be difficult enough heading into the Euros next summer and things like that off the back of a of a late end into this season and then probably a disrupted start to the next. It's it is going to have a big knock on effect, but as much as it's the worst case scenario in in no fans because obviously football is for the fans. That's the main thing. Without fans, you've not got the sport, you've not got the leagues. Um, I think short term. Obviously, the, the, I mean, the playoff final being played at Wembley, what would have been in front of 80,000 people, the likes of, say, you've got a Brentford, a Brentford and a Preston in the final there, that's a huge opportunity for Brentford and Preston fans, who many, are, very few would have predicted, would have been in that position at the start of the season. For the fans not to be able to go and enjoy that day, because a, a day at Wembley is what a lot of club fans live for. It's, I mean, as a Man City fan, I'm sick to death of it. We've been there too many times across recent years. But for those, <laughs> for those fans who don't get the opportunity to go there very often, to have that taken away is, is pretty cruel, but... It is what it is. It's one of those things. It's the same for everyone. It's not like some clubs can't go and some clubs can. So it's just one of them that I think people are going to have to unfortunately get past as uh, as annoying as it is, I guess. Yeah, like you said, it's, it's, a really, it's a really tough one as fans, especially if, uh, say, a late team does burst into the playoffs and all of a sudden, oh, you haven't got that, you haven't got that trip to, to Wembley. So it kind of takes the shine off everything a little bit. But... Obviously, safe, the safety comes first and everything. But a playoff final at Wembley without any fans there, it was, it's going to be an odd one. I watched the um, the Dortmund game on Saturday, which obviously holds 80,000 or so, and that was a really strange viewing with no fans being there, but a few people a few people being there as press and what have you. But yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be a really weird one, especially for the likes of, say, Preston, maybe Bristol City, Brentford, Forest. Some teams might never get to Wembley again. And it's just going to be a big, big miss without the fans there. Yeah, definitely. As you say, it, it's all about you have to, it has to be safe, and obviously it's the right thing to do. Um, but also, as you say, as a Preston fan, if we were to get to the playoff final, you know, the championship playoff final, whether we'd ever get there again, I don't know. So it would be um, quite frustrating not to go. But to be honest, there's nine games left, and we've lost our last three in a row. So I'm not um, <laughs> kind of suggesting that we will get there. Um, if you've got nothing else to add, guys, we can end it there for the first episode of the Championship Edition. Thank you all for listening. We'll be back, hopefully, next week with another episode. Uh, there'll also be another episode next week on the League 1 and 2 edition as well. So thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.